Welcome to the Amherst Wesleyan Church Sermon Podcast. This is one of those messages, sometimes when you get into especially these short books of the New Testament, it's almost like the, the, the author of these short books, in this case Paul, only had a very, very short, limited window to get anything out, and so he just, he just gets right to the point, and it hurts. It hurts, because he's not dancing around it, he's not making everybody feel warm and fuzzy, getting into this, he just jumps right into it, and the words he has are necessary, they're needed, but they cut. And today... What we're going to dig into from Titus chapter 1, it, it's got some pain involved here. You all know very well that I am not a perfect person. Some of you know that better than others, namely my wife. But all of you here are under no delusion that I am up here as a perfect person or a perfect pastor or a perfect dad or a perfect husband or a perfect anything. You all, probably many of you, are well aware of my faults even more than I am. Would that be true? You're not supposed to say yap like that. Come on, folks. I'm up here, I just told you this is a hard message, and you guys are like, yeah, we know that you... I can remember um, a number of times where I've had to face those facts, that I am not a perfect person. I can remember when John, my, my oldest, was just, he was just a baby... And I didn't know really what it meant to be a dad or what my responsibilities were. And Heidi ended up doing basically everything with him. And one day she came to me and said, I need you to do more. You're not doing everything that you should be doing. You're not doing everything I need you to do with this kid. And I can remember feeling just super embarrassed. that I hadn't figured that out, that I hadn't done that right, that I wasn't doing that right, and that I should have been more involved. It, it hurt for her to come to me and say, basically, oh, great, she's walking in now. She can attest to that. <laughs> basically, you're not being a good dad. I can remember, and some of you here may remember, that a number of years ago, there was a time right before service that I had a little bit of a confrontation with somebody on the worship team. And that was back, we were doing two services, we were experimenting with two services, and I came out during the first service, and I just kind of lost it, I broke down, and I had to apologize in front of the entire first service to this worship uh, team member. And we had to take the first service for, for me to apologize and work, work through that. 
That's hard. That's painful. Realizing that I am not perfect and that I do things wrong and then admitting it and then adjusting and changing is a very painful, scary, exhausting process. And I think all of us wrestle with the difficulty of needing correction. Sometimes Sometimes what happens is somebody will come to us and say, listen, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong, you need to change this, I need you to to do this differently, whatever it is. And when somebody comes to us and tells us you need to change something, and they're trying to correct us, and what we do is we just ignore it. And we go, oh, they don't know what they're talking about, they don't know what they're doing, they don't know anything, They're, they're wrong. And sometimes people will come beside us and tell us, just ignore them, they don't know what they're talking about. And boy, does it feel good to be told to ignore somebody that is telling you that you're wrong. Other times, other times we just live in fear. We cower from the the idea that we could be doing something wrong. And when somebody comes and confronts us with those ideas, we kind of pull away, we hide, we get scared. Sometimes we avoid situations just because we know that they're going to bring it up and we're going to have to deal with it. Other times, other times, somebody comes to us and they they try to bring some kind of correction and, and our immediate response is to point out how either they are completely wrong and they're the one that needs correction or that they're just wrong in their, their understanding of the situation and that I don't really need correction. You don't understand the situation. You're the one that doesn't know what you're talking about. You're the one that's wrong and I don't really need this at all because you're wrong. And we fight it. And other times, other times we have faced that kind of confrontation, that kind of correction, and our response has been simply to run away. I'm going to get out of that relationship. I'm going to get away from those people. I'm going to get away from that group. I'm going to get away from that organization. I'm going to get away from that job, whatever. And we decide, I'm not going to talk to them. I'm not going to deal with them anymore. I'm just going to leave, get away from it, and that way I don't need to deal with it. And it is very easy and very natural for all of us, I think, to either ignore it, fear it, fight it, or run from it. But this is what Paul says to the young pastor Titus, starting in verse 10. Titus chapter 1, verse 10. For there are many rebellious people full of meaningless talk and deception, especially those of the circumcision group. That would be the people that said you had to be circumcised in order to be a believer. They must be silenced. Because they are disrupting whole households by teaching things they ought not to teach. And that, for the, and that for the sake of dishonest gain. One of the Crete's own prophets has said, Cretans are always liars, evil brutes, lazy gluttons. This saying is true. Therefore, rebuke them sharply so that they will be sound in their faith and will pay no attention to Jewish myths or to the merely human commands of those who reject the truth. To be 
to the pure, all things are pure, but to those who are corrupted and do not believe, nothing is pure. In fact, both their minds and consciences are corrupted. They claim to know God, but by their actions they deny Him. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for doing anything good. Sometimes I wish that Paul would pull his punches. But he's not in this passage. He speaks very clearly to this young pastor. And he says, rebuke them, correct them, tell them that they're, what they're doing is wrong, get them on the right path and do it sharply so that they will be sound in their faith, so that they will be on the right path with their faith. And he ends this whole section, he says, they claim to know God, but by their actions they deny Him, and they are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for doing anything good. He says you need to correct them, because if you do not correct them, they will not be good for anything. I think we can boil that down for us today. What we need to take away from that today, I think, is this. That if we want to be on the right path, we need to accept correction. If you want to be on the right path, going the right way, doing the right things, you need to accept correction. And if you don't, there are massive consequences. By not accepting correction, that's when marriages start falling apart. That's when we find that those bad situations follow us from place to place to place, from relationship to relationship to relationship. When we don't accept correction, that's when church people become proud and hypocritical. When generosity becomes a matter of pride and power over others. When we don't accept correction, we end up with bad theology and wrong beliefs and we end up doing the wrong things. When we don't accept correction, that's when the world looks at us and instead of wanting to run towards Christ, look at us and run away from Him. Imagine, this is very simple, okay? Imagine that you're allergic to peanuts. And you start eating peanuts. And then your doctor or your mom comes to you and say, don't eat peanuts because you're allergic to them. What should you do? Stop eating peanuts. 
right? That just makes sense. You're doing something wrong. It's going to have consequences. So make the correction and survive. But if you go, no, I'm going to keep eating them because I don't want to feel like I've done something wrong. I don't want to feel guilty. I don't want to feel ashamed. I don't want you to have power over me and tell me what to do with my life. And so I'm going to keep doing it. Guess what? You keep eating peanuts and you're not going to be able to eat anything. Or imagine driving, going on a trip, and you're driving someplace. And you take the wrong road, you make a wrong turn, and you keep going and going and going. And your passenger, or somebody calls you and says, where are you? And you say, you know what, I'm on this road. And they go, uh, you shouldn't be on that road. Does it make sense for you to go, Oh, you can't tell me how to drive. You can't tell me where to go. You, you don't know where I am. You don't know what I'm doing or the route I'm taking. And they can be like, well, I do because you told me where you're going and you're going the wrong way. Does it make sense for you to continue driving on that road in that direction, getting further and further and further away from your destination? Or should you go... Shoot, I've got to make a change here. Is your, is your priority is your priority to be right or to get where you're going? To get where you want to go? Because the reality is we get stuck in this, in this argument of, I can't admit that I'm wrong because that's going to hurt, that's going to make me feel guilty, make me feel ashamed, that's going to make me feel less valuable. But that's in contrast to the reality that if you fight for that, you're going to end up in the wrong place. You're going to end up with a broken marriage. You're going to end up with terrible finances. You're going to end up in this place where your family is falling apart and you're losing your job and all these things are falling apart and you are far away from God and far away from the the hope and the love of Christ just because you don't want to be proven wrong. We need We need to understand that in this conversation our goal has to be getting to the right place. Being on the right path. And if you want to be on the right path, then you need to accept correction. And I think there are three steps to that. Number one, number one is you need to accept the fact that you need correction. Every single one of us here is not perfect. Every single one of us wrestles with sin, wrestles with temptation, And wrestles with the fact that we simply do not know everything and do not make every right decision. Number two, like we talked about last week, you need to follow good leaders that lead you to Christ. Men and women who point to Jesus and who teach right things. And thirdly, You need to take the correction, test it, and then apply it. Take it, test it, 
and apply it. Sometimes, absolutely, absolutely, sometimes there are people that come to you and tell you you're doing it wrong, you need to change this thing, and they are, in fact, idiots. It's true. There are lots of people in the world that want to give you advice and tell you how you should live your life, and they are simply wrong. Absolutely. You do not need to do everything that everyone tells you. But when someone offers you correction, you take it, you test it. You take it to those leaders who are leading you to Christ. You examine it. You talk to people who are wise. And then when you have determined, oh, it is in fact the right path, then you need to apply it. You need to live it out. The reality is that ignoring that correction, regardless of who it comes from, ignoring the correction all it's going to do is leave you on the wrong path. Taking correction will humble you. It will be embarrassing times. But you'll be doing the right thing, which will lead to good results, and that's what you really, really want. Because I don't think at the core any of you really want to have your pride but end up in the wrong place. So we need to take it, test it, and apply it. To be on the right path, we need to accept correction. That goes for the correction that comes from your marriage, your spouse, and your family. Whether it's your spouse, your kids, your parents, or your siblings, you need to take it and you need to consider it. And we all know that sometimes our family likes to correct us and then hang it over us and be like, remember how stupid you were? <laughs> you all know from experience that when you try to fight it, it only makes that worse, doesn't it? But if you can take the correction and you can admit it and you can apply it, there will be a few that continue to try to make fun of you, but it will not be any fun anymore because you have actually accepted it and changed. And that leads to your marriage and to your family being on a godly path. When your coworkers, your boss, or your employees come to you with correction, there's a whole lot inside of us that says, well, if I admit that I'm wrong, then they're going to look at me and they're going to think that I'm not doing a good job, or they're going to they're look at me and think that I'm less valuable, or they're going to look at me and have less respect for me. But that is foolish because you're doing a bad job already. If they come to you and say, this is how you could do your job better, this is how you could live better, and you go, no, you're wrong, you should respect me because I'm right, and they look at you and go, no, no. Fighting it isn't going to make them respect you more. It's going to do the opposite. 
And if you're doing a bad job and you don't accept correction, that is the thing that's going to lead to you not having a job anymore. And so as hard as it is, and as much as that pride comes in and pushes against it, you need to take it, examine it, and apply it. And what you'll find is you'll actually find that you end up doing a better job. It doesn't make you less valuable. It makes you way more valuable. It hurts a lot when the friends you trust come to you and bring up something that needs to change. And it hurts a lot when strangers who don't know you from a hole in the ground come up to you and tell you ways that you need to change. Some of those people are close to you and you're vulnerable with them and other people, they, they haven't earned the right to speak into your life and it, it, it's frustrating that they think they can come tell you what to do. But it is all about being on the right path. And the process is painful. But if you stay on the wrong path, you will end up in the wrong place. Don't fight to stay lost, to stay sick, to stay anxious, or to stay afraid, or defeated. Do not fight to stay that way. Take it. Test it. Apply it. Even our enemies will sometimes come to us and give us correction. And most of the time you can just, you're not going to take that. They have done everything, everything necessary for you to not trust them. But every now and again, they'll say something that's true. And it is incredibly infuriating for your enemy to be right about something. But if it helps you get on the right path, we need to take it. Paul said to Titus, rebuke them sharply so that they will be sound in the faith. To be on the right path, we need to accept correction. Thanks for listening and being part of our church and joining us in this journey to become down-to-earth people following Jesus in down-to-earth ways.